Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Dylan? Yeah. Except for that coyote. He's wailing his head off out there. <laughs> Mad at the moon, I guess. Or in love, maybe. Oh? Yes, sir. The way I've noticed it, any time you find a man or an animal out squalling around in the dark, it's usually love. <laughs> yeah, but this one sounds kind of mournful, Chester. Well, sir, love is mournful sometimes, Mr. Dillon. <laughs> yeah, so I've heard. Matt? Uh, Is that you? Oh, good evening, Miss Morley. How have you been, Matt? Oh, fine. Fine, thank you. You, uh, down here on Front Street this time of night alone? I'm looking for Red Lawson. He's a new man, works for Al. I was meeting him sometime after midnight, and they're going out on a cattle buying trip. I want to talk to him first. You satisfied? <laughs> well, it's that this is no place for a woman alone, Miss Morley. Uh, maybe you better go home. There are other women down here. They belong here, Miss Morley. They work here. Oh, don't be so stuffy, Matt. And call me Ava for once. Everybody else does. Well, your husband might take exception to that, Miss Morley. Now, you're blaming me for what happened before, aren't you? I'm not blaming you for anything, Miss Morley. I didn't tell him to get into a gunfight over me wasn't my fault. I didn't say it was. Chester, you better see that Miss Morley gets home, all right? Yes, sir. I can get home by myself. My. She's pretty as a picture. It makes you wonder. Yeah, maybe you were right, Chester. With a woman like that, love might be kind of mournful. <laughs> Give my rope a couple turns around that juniper stump, and I jerk back on it. Lawson. Oh, hi, Marshal. I wonder if I could see you for a minute, huh? Yeah, sure. Be right back, boys. What's on your mind, Marshal? Lawson, I uh, I just ran into Miss Morley in the street outside. Did. Yeah, I suggested she go home. She's got no business being down here this time of night. It uh, might be a good idea if uh, you'd tell her that, huh? Seems to me that's up to her husband. 
Look, you're new here, Lawson. I, uh, I guess you didn't know Fred Curtis and the Santa Fe kid. I heard about it. A couple of fools, as far as I can see. Yeah, I guess they were. After they met Ms. Morley. Hey, look, Marshal. What's your stake in this? I got no stake. What Ms. Morley does is her own business, as long as it doesn't cause any trouble. I'm just trying to keep the peace, that's all. I... I feel kind of sorry for her, that's all. Al treats her like a dog. Uh-huh. Fred and the kid used to talk the same way. Like I said, a couple of fools. I'm not. I hope not. See you around, Marshal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, I would think so. Sure. Hi, Kitty. Could I speak to you? Oh, sure, man. Uh, excuse me, boys. I'll be back. What, man? Kitty, has Al Morley been in tonight? Oh, no. I haven't seen him, man. Should he have been around? Oh, not necessarily. He and Lawson are riding out around midnight on a cattle buying trip. I. I just thought they might be meeting here. Oh, well, not yet, anyway. Jesse Wells would know what the plans are, though. Jesse Wells? Yeah, the bartender down there at the end, the young one. You know him. Oh, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, why would he know? Well, he's going along. I'll ask him to help out there. Going to follow the Lazy Bee Roundup. Try to get in ahead of the buyers from Chicago. Oh, yeah. He, uh... He's a nice-looking kid. I wonder if, uh... Yeah. Yeah, he's another friend of Ava's. Marshal! Marshal Dillon! Oh, come on. Wake up, Marshal! All right, all right. Take it easy. Who is it? Jesse Wells, Marshal. Open the door. All right, just a second till I get it. What's the trouble, Wells? Al Morley, Marshal. And you better get your horse, because we got to ride back out there. Out where? What happened? Buffalo Flats. We camped there to wait for the roundup crew. And Al's dead, Marshal. He's knifed in the back. Did you do it? No. It was Red Lawson. He knifed Al and he stole the money we were going to use to buy cattle. What in the world is going on, Mr. Dillon? You better saddle up, Chester. We got a ride. What's the trouble? Ah, the usual. Nothing new but the names. Seems Red Lawson turned out to be a fool in spite of himself. This way, Marshal. Camp is right there by that plum thicket. Right. Be daylight in another 20 minutes. Hello, boy. Oh, oh. He's laying over there by the bushes. Yeah, I see him. 
Whose knife is it, Jesse? It's Al's. We were all asleep. We built a fire, made some coffee, and then turned in. When wait for daylight, the lazy bee bunch planned to work their stock up this way. I see. Yeah, here, Chester. Wrap the knife in something and hang on to it. Huh? Yes, Mr. Dillon. Now go on, Jesse. What happened? Well, well, like I said, Marshal Dillon, we were all asleep. I guess it was the sound of the horse's hose woke me up. Mm-hmm. Red Lawson, he was pulling out. Well, I run over to Al, shook him to wake him up and tell him. Then I saw the knife. He was dead. Where were you sleeping, Jesse? Well, oh... Right about here, I guess. Red was across the fire over there, and Al was where he's laying now. What about the money? How'd you know it was gone? Well, I thought about it right off, and I figured that's why Red had done it. Al was carrying about $10,000 in a little leather sack. He'd stuck it under the blanket before we'd gone to sleep. So I went and looked for it. It was gone. You figure Red killed him for the money, then? Well, Sure. Of course, I doubt he meant it, though. I think Red was trying to ease the sack out from under the blanket when Al woke up and caught him. Yeah, it's possible. Be light enough to start tracking him in a few minutes, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, sun's poking up over there now. Looks like it's going to be a clear day. Which way'd Lawson head out, Jesse? East. Seemed to be following the wagon tracks. Odds are bad, Mr. Dillon. He's got quite a start on us. Yeah, too much of a start. Well... Let's load the pack, Mule Chester. I think we'll ride back into Dodge and then take the train from there to Abilene then work back from the east. Say, that's a good idea. Lawson probably won't be expecting anybody ahead of him. I can't understand it. I just can't understand how anybody could... could do a thing like this. It sounds like a metal art, Chester. Yes, sir, he just flew into those bushes. Red seemed a pretty nice fellow as far as I could tell. It's a funny time of year for a metal art, isn't it? Guess $10,000 was just too much temptation. Huh? Oh, some of them hangs around all winter, Mr. Dillon. No, that sure sounds a lot better than that coyote, Howlin'. Mm. All right, Chester. Get a hold of his feet. Let's load him up. Sumac Creek water tanks right around the bend up ahead of us there. How long we stop here? Oh, about five minutes. Just long enough to take on water. Might as well relax, Marshal. It's a long ways yet to Abilene. Why, we ain't but 24 miles from Dodge City. Feels more like a hundred. These seats are harder than a saddle. Yeah. Uh, say, uh, this here fellow you boys looking for, I uh, guess he's a real mean enough. Huh? Oh, yeah, mean enough. Well, it's just like I always say, this prairie country ain't never gonna be a law-abiding place to live. Well, every time I pull out of Kansas City on the Northwest, I'm expecting every minute to be shot or hung or scalped. Chester. What's the matter, Mr. Dillon? Look out the window here. Around the bend there by the water tank. <laughs> Looks like we don't have to go to Abilene. Mm, oh, yeah, there's some fella waiting to catch a train, I guess. You boys recognize... Is he the one? Yeah. His horse is there, tied there by the tank. Must have decided on a quicker way of traveling. Yeah, it looks that way. All right, Chester, he won't be expecting us. 
Let's get out in the vestibule and then drop off and take him as soon as the train stops. Yes, sir. Hey, Marshal, whatever you do, don't let him get on this train. Just keep the passengers away from the windows. In a way, it's too bad, Mr. Dillon. Miss Morley would have really enjoyed that $10,000. You're guessing, Chester. Well, he hasn't seen us yet. All right, let's go. Lawson, get your hands up. Bill, you're under arrest. Get your hands up. Bill! He's running for his horse, Mr. Dillon. Lawson! He's going to fight. You can't get away on foot, Lawson! Lawson! Come on, Chester. That's a cutting it awful thin, Mr. Dillon. Giving a man three chances before you haul down on him? Well, we're still on our feet. He's not. Yeah, but it's a pushing the odds, though. Yeah, I guess. Uh, All right, pick up his gun there, will you? Yes, sir. Uh, Lawson? Uh, he's still alive, Mr. Dillon. Can you hear me, Lawson? Sure. Sure, I can hear you. There's a sack of money. Looks like it fell out of his coat. Yeah, I see it. Lawson, there's no doctor on the train. We're going to try to stop the bleeding and do the best we can for you. There'll be a train back toward Dodge City in about a half hour. We'll wait for it. <coughs> Is that all right with you? I, I don't... don't have, have any choice, do I? No, I guess you don't. You made your choice last night. Was she worth it? We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, every Saturday night, Gene Autry invites all his friends to visit him at Melody Ranch for a half hour of songs and stories about the Old West. Tune in the Gene Autry Show tomorrow night over most of these same CBS radio stations. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. a bad one, Matt. Yes, I'd say the bullet's lying right in against his heart. I just tried to wing him, Doc, but we were both moving. You can't always call him, you know. No, I guess not. Well, I'm afraid that's about all I can do for him, Matt. It's not enough, is that it? He won't live an hour. I wish he was conscious. I want to talk to him. Well, the stimulant might take effect, and... Then again, might not. With this kind of a case, you never know. You know. <clears throat> uh, what is it you're after, Matt? Miss Morley. Accessory before the fact? Yeah, she could have been. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a broken-down old man, Matt, but if that woman rolled her eyes at me just once, well, uh, I don't... I do not know. I just might. <clears throat> Matt. Yeah. Uh. Lawson? 
Lawson, can you talk? Can you hear me, Lawson? Yeah. Sure. Was Ms. Morley in on it? Nobody was in on it. Did she know you were going to do it? She had... She... She had nothing to do with it. Was she going to meet you somewhere later? She had nothing to do with it. It was my idea. Nobody else. Lawson. Lawson, listen to me. You're dying. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I can feel it. She wasn't in on it. All right. That's the way you want it. At least Al won't treat her like a dog anymore. What do you mean? I mean, a dead man can't bother anybody. Al? You ought to know. You killed him. No. 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 What? He was asleep. I, I took the money and, and rode away. And they were both asleep. I didn't touch him. You're telling the truth. I swear I didn't kill him. I only stole the money and I... 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 I didn't get... Well, I guess I was wrong, Matt. The bullet was closer to his heart than I thought. Yeah. And I was wrong about something myself, Doc. I thought this was the end of it. Now it's wide open again. Wide open. I don't see why you got me here just to ask the same things all over again, Marshal, because I told you how it happened. Yeah, I know, Jesse. You caught Red Lawson with the money on him. Now, what more proof do you need? It only proves he took the money, Jesse. It doesn't prove he killed Al. Well, what do you mean? Chester, you better punch that fire up over there a little, huh? It does seem to be getting chilly in here. Now, what do you mean by that, Marshal? You killed Al yourself. Didn't you, Jesse? You're out of your mind. You woke up and saw Red steal the money and take off, and it gave you ideas. You slipped over and knifed Al in his sleep. You knew Lawson had got the blame for it. Well, sure. Sure, because he did it. He said he didn't. Dang, stove. Well, Marshal, did you expect him to tell the truth? He was dying, Jesse. Knew he was dying. I think he told the truth. I see. His word against mine. Word of a thief. I didn't say I could prove it, Jesse. But you did it, though. We both know that. And sooner or later, I'm going to get you for it. Yeah. Chester, I think it'd draw better if you'd open the damper. It was a quiet night last night. And two men who were alive last night are gone tonight. Sure makes you stop and wonder. 
Well, at least one thing hasn't changed. That coyote's still there. I guess there'll always be coyotes around, Mr. Dillon. What are you going to do about Jesse Wells? Oh, I don't know, Chester. He's he's guilty. You can see it written all over him. But there'd be no use bringing him in. I haven't got one piece of evidence. I, I don't know. Yes, sir. She's quite a woman. Mercy. Quite a woman. Yeah, she is that all right. Matt? Is that you? Uh, good evening, Miss Morley. Who are you looking for tonight? Can't be Red Lawson. He's dead. So is my husband. You forgotten? My deepest sympathy. Don't bother. You know better. I am sorry about Red, though. He was nice. You're the one who did it, aren't you, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, I killed him. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do anything else. I don't know why you say for me. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, sure, I know. You know. You don't know anything. You don't know how it feels to sit in the house alone with your husband dead. No one in town coming near you. Like he was poisoned or something. Sure, I don't feel sorry about Al, but I would have once. He's the one who changed me, made me feel different. I know it wasn't your fault. And you didn't even come to tell me he was dead. Why not? It's part of your job, isn't it? I didn't come and tell you, Miss Morley, because I figured that you... Chester? Yes, sir? Would you mind walking on ahead? I'll meet you on the Texas Trail in a few minutes. Well, I... All right, Mr. Dillon, if you say so. Why'd you send him away, Matt? I, uh, I was just wondering if, uh, you were going to be home later tonight. Well, I could be. Around, uh, 10 o'clock, say? Sure, Matt. I'll be there. Chester and I were trying to think of some way to rescue you from Ava's clutches. Only one thing, though, Mr. Dillon. I wasn't sure you wanted to be rescued. Uh, Kitty, has Doc been in tonight? Oh, I haven't seen him, Matt. Chester, will you see if you can find him and have him meet me here? Yes, sir. Right away, Mr. Dillon. Uh, Kitty, God. Yeah? I wonder if you'd help me with something. Well, sure, Matt. What? Drop a hint to that bartender, Jesse Wells, that it might be smart to slip out of here and pay a visit to Ms. Morley's around, oh, say, 9.45 tonight. All right. Uh, is it anything you can talk about? I don't exactly know how to talk about it, Kitty. I got a murder on my hands. I know who the killer is, and I can't touch him. So? So I'm going to try to make him touch me. Oh. All right, Matt. I'll take care of it. Um, will you be around for a while? Yeah, yeah. I'll be here till about ten. Matt Dillon. 
Who'd you think? Just a minute. Well, hurry up. Let me in. All right, Dylan. Come on in. Well, Jesse, I thought you were working. I was, till just a few minutes ago. Well, what's on your mind? <laughs> uh, well, I... Uh... I think Mr. Dillon probably wants to ask me some questions or something. Yeah, 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 I, I, I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, Jesse Wells, for instance. Huh. He didn't tell me he was going to be here, Ava. Well, I... What do you mean, she didn't tell you? Wait, Ava, what about this? You were expecting him. You knew he was coming. Of course she knew I was coming. You and Matt Dillon. For how long? And what kind of a fool does that make me? I'm afraid you were born a fool, Jesse. That's why she picked you. You're so wonderful, you said if only Al didn't stand in our way. I didn't tell you to kill him. I didn't mention it once. You didn't have to. Just kept dropping hints, leading me on. And all the time, you and Matt Dillon. She's too smart for you, Jesse. You should have realized that. Yeah. And instead, I played right into your hands. Both of you. How, Jesse? Killing Al. Getting him out of your way. Giving the two of you a clear field. You're under arrest for murder, Jesse. What? Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Both of you would. Sit around and laugh about it while you're waiting for me to hang. I said you're under arrest. Now hand over your gun. Oh, you don't, Dillon. You're not going to carry it that far. You're not taking me in for something both of you wanted me to do. Hand over your gun, Jesse. You want my gun, you got to take it away from me. Get away from the door. Oh, sure, I'll get away from it. Holy, Mr. Wells! Are you all right, Chester? Yes, sir. It was close, but he missed me. Well, you two didn't miss him. I don't know which one of you fired first, but... Either bullet would have done it. Well, you got his confession, all right, Mr. Dillon. Doc and I heard every word from the front porch there. We sure did. Only one thing, though, Matt. He he didn't implicate the woman in it. Yeah. I know. Will you take charge, Doc? Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. Part of my job, you know. Matt. All right, Chester. Let's go. Matt. Could I see you for a minute before you go? Matt? What's it add up to, Mr. Dillon? Three men have been killed since this same time last night. Yeah. And you know, Mr. Dillon, I think maybe it's kind of all her fault. And you can't pin a thing on it. My. Well, there's one lucky thing. There aren't many women like her. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Lillian Bayef, with Harry Bartell, Lawrence Dobkin, and Jack Crucian. 
Parley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Gun smoke is heard by our troops overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gun Smoke. <laughs> Strange Island tells the remarkable story of a tropical paradise that sank into the sea. Hear all about it on Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, tomorrow night on most of these same stations. Hear about the miracle that saves Tarzan from drowning and brings the island back from the sea. Remember, it's yours for thrills on tomorrow night's exciting adventure with Tarzan. Created by Edgar Rice Burroughs and brought to you now by CBS Radio. Clancy Cassell speaking. And remember, Broadway's My Beat brings you startling mysteries Saturday nights on the CBS Radio Network. to you tonight by Plymouth with an invitation for you to visit a Plymouth dealer's tomorrow. Meet the new Plymouth and enter the big $25,000 contest. Kansas and in the territories on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. It's here, a new kind of low-priced car. The exciting 53 Plymouth, completely new, completely beautiful. Yes, it's the new Plymouth for 1953. The first truly balanced car in the low-priced field. More glamorous lines, more powerful engine, more luxurious comfort. What a beauty. The new 53 Plymouth is lower to the road with a lot lower look. New color schemes and two-tone color harmonies available in all models. How does she travel? Man, Plymouth puts out the best ride in the business. Smooth as sailing, even in the back seat. And the Plymouth engine's been stepped up to 100 horsepower for pickup with plenty of flash. Visibility? I say, there's a one-piece curved windshield, a new type with no troublesome distortion, and you sit chair height in a Plymouth, so you get the full benefit of Plymouth's new down-sweeping hood. You really see right down in front of your car. Bigger side windows, too, and a huge wraparound rear window, so everyone gets a view as big as all outdoors. The new 53 Plymouth's an exciting car any way you look at it. A great advance in car value at no advance in price. 
In fact, four new Plymouth models actually cost less than last year. So don't put off seeing it. Meet the new 53 Plymouth at your nearby Plymouth dealers. If you go in tomorrow, you may win one free in the big Meet the New Plymouth contest. And now, Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Cook sure must have had a bad night, Mr. Dillon. Well, how do you figure that, Chester? Well, sir, I never saw so much chili pepper on a couple of poor eggs. <laughs> he must figure everybody's got a hangover this morning. Almost everybody usually has of a Sunday around here. <laughs> well, now, I clean up forgot all about it being Sunday. Nah. <laughs> uh, so that's why Jim Cobbett's all dressed up over there, huh? First time I've ever seen him with his hair combed. Ah. Well, haven't you heard about Jim, Chester? He's going to get married. He's got his wife-to-be coming in on the train from back east today. Jim Cobbett? Yeah. Well, now, what sort of a woman would that be, Mr. Dillon, who'd come clear to Dodge City to marry a fellow like Jim? No, Jim's a good man, Chester. It's just that, well, living out on that homestead of his year after year has made him grow a little off-center, so... Loneliness will do that to a man sometimes. Morning, Marshal. Chester. Morning, Hank. Well, what do you think of that old goat Jim Cobbett getting himself hitched? It's a fine thing, I'd say. Well, Jim's no older than you are, Hank Lewis. Older, maybe. A lot less respectable. Now you're talking your usual nonsense, Hank. Am I, Marshal? What about Jim's first wife who disappeared off of that place he had up north on Hackberry Creek? Just plain disappeared, she did. Jim never explained that. And nobody ever saw her again, either. Oh, you're worse than an old woman with your gossip, Hank. Jim's never done anything to you, Hank. Nothing except stake his homestead on the only spring south of the Smoky that didn't dry up. Cheated me out of it, that's what. He filed his claim two weeks before you did, Hank, and everybody knows it. Sneaked into town, that's what he did. Sneaked into town, behind my back. Still telling your lies, ain't you, Hank Lewis? No. Now, you keep away from me, Jim. Keep, keep away. I've never bothered you, Hank. But I hear you talking around Lila. When she gets here, I'll hurt you. I'll hurt you bad. What is it you want to hide from her, Jim? Maybe that business about your first wife? All right, don't touch that gun, Hank. Not a move. You arrest her, Marshal. You saw it. Get up. Put, put him in jail now. I, I didn't touch him. Shut up! Now, you're just lucky you weren't killed. Now, you get out of here and stay away from Jim. It's his wedding day, and if I find you bothering him again, I'll throw you in jail. Now, go on, move. Fine, fine, all we got around here, Maggie. Sorry to make trouble, Marshal, but I won't hold for his making that talk around Lila. Oh, forget it, Jim. Just keep clear of him for a while. Uh, what time's the wedding? Well, about three o'clock. At least that's when the preacher said he'd come down. It'll be at the church, won't it, Jim? Well, no. The preacher thought maybe it'd be better to do it somewhere else. It's uh, because of... Yeah, yeah, sure, Jim. Uh, you know, Dodge City House would be a fine place, wouldn't it? That's just what I'd plan, Marshal. Uh, 
I brought a jug of corn in with me in case anyone came around, maybe. <laughs> Jim, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'm going to be there for sure. Yeah, me too, Jim. I certainly do enjoy a wedding. I never got married myself, but I sure do like to watch. <laughs> See you later, Jim. Sure, Marshal. We'll be there, Jim. Bye. Jim's bride, Lila, turned out to be a handsome, high-strung woman with nervous black eyes and a manner that bespoke a gentle breeding and background. I watched her, and I wondered how she'd ever make out in this crude, raw country she'd chosen to come to. It was never mentioned how she and Jim had got together, but the few friends who gathered for the wedding didn't care. We were all pleased that Jim finally had a wife to break the loneliness that he'd set upon himself for so long. And after the brief ceremony at the Dodge City House, we told him so. <laughs> well, it's about time, Jim. If you don't mind my saying so, ma'am, you should have filed on him long ago. Why, uh, yes, uh, I, I mean, of, of course. Open the jug on the table there, Si. It's good corn. Well, thank you, Jim. The throat is a mite dusty. Help yourselves to the liquor, boys. Thank you. Well, congratulations, Jim. And Miss Cobbett, my best wishes to you, ma'am. Thank you, Marshal Dillon. Now, you make Jim bring you to town and see us once in a while. <laughs> he never came in much when he was alone out there. Oh, I'm sure he will, Marshal. I, I sure hope so, ma'am. Help yourself to the jug there, Chester. Well, thank you, Jim. If I can get it away from Cy long enough, I will. <laughs> uh, you stay in here tonight, Jim? Well, no, Marshal. I brought the wagon on account of Lila here, and it's a slow way of traveling. Take a day and a half at best. Uh, but... Where will we sleep tonight, Jim? Oh, I've got some blankets, Lida. We'll be fine. You mean out on the prairie? Well, sure. We'll bed down in the wagon if you're afraid of snakes. Oh, snakes can't get to you if you're in the wagon, ma'am. But, but what about everything else? Indians? No Indians have been seen around here for months, I Oh, know. no, you're wrong, Jim. A man from Walnut Creek told me he ran into some Pawnees a couple weeks ago. Only about a dozen, though. Pawnee. Well, they didn't bother him, did they, Si? No, no, they didn't, Marshal. Yeah, you see, Lila? Well, they didn't bother him because he saw him first. He hid himself under a bank in the creek. Uh, are there many Indians around? Oh, no, very few. Well, the Army's been after him pretty steady ever since them crows raided the Gillette place. The engine's been making themselves scarce the last few months. What happened at the Gillette place? They had a... Little trouble, that's all, Lila. Little trouble to kill Bob and rode off of Mrs. Gillette and the child, that's all. Oh, no. Uh, Si, why don't you go get yourself another drink, huh? Uh, yeah, well, I was just thinking about doing that. Well, now, I suppose it'll be easier than Mrs. Gillette once she learns to talk crow, but still, it's a hard life on a white woman suddenly being made a squall. Oh, the uh, jug's life. almost empty, Si. Yeah. You better hurry, huh? By golly, dear. hey, fellas, I got another swatter coming Liquor's out. Liquor's working on side, now. They don't pay no money. Jim, is it true what he said about that poor woman? Now, Lila, don't you fret about that. Is it true? I want to know, Jim. Yes. Uh, Jim, if you stayed in Dodge City tonight, well, you could start out before dawn tomorrow. And oh, maybe it'd... no, Marshal. Jim thinks it's best we leave tonight. There's nothing to fear, Lila, but if you'd rather stay, we can... No, we'll go, Jim. 
If you'll excuse me, I'll go change into something more suitable. Goodbye, Marshal. Goodbye, ma'am. We'll see you in Dodge City real soon, I hope. Of course. I'll be down shortly, Jim. Maybe it was best that way for Lila to face out her first night on the prairie not far from Dodge. Nothing would bother him that close to town and it would make it easier for her on the next night. And they left. And that's all we heard about him for oh, a month or so. Dodge City was fairly quiet except for one week when a Texas herd arrived. Two boys were killed the next night and another a few days after. But then things cooled off and became peaceable again. Thank Lou's is in town, Mr. Dillon. Oh, no, Chester. Well, there ought to be a law against it, that's all. He said he was coming here to see you in a few minutes. <clears throat> Look, you talk to him, Chester. I think I'll go upstairs and pick on the dock for a while. Oh, oh, he doesn't want to see me, Mr. Dillon. I, I'll send him up when he comes. Uh, Chester, no. Yes, sir, but he'll ask me where you are, sir, and then what am I going to tell Marshal, him? Marshal, if... I want to talk to you. Well, all right, Hank. Go ahead, talk. You think I was lying about Jim Cobbett, don't you? Well, listen to this, Marshal. Lila's disappeared, too. What? I saw it with my own eyes. I mean, I saw she isn't there. What are you talking about, Hank? I'm telling you, Marshal, Lila's gone, just like Jim's first wife up on Hackberry Creek. She's plain disappeared. Well, go on. Well, I got a runny bay mare that's always running off, and I rode by Jim's place to see if he'd seen her. Jim was just sitting there, and he'd hardly pay me any mind at all. He was all alone, and when I asked him about Lila, he, he just walked off, wouldn't say a word. Well, maybe she was just out on the prairie somewhere. Then she stayed a long time. I was back next day and still didn't see her. Stock's gone, too. When was this, Hank? About a week ago. Now, Marshal, I think you ought to get I out... I do my own thinking, Hank. Well, all right. But you better get out there, Marshal. I've told you now. Yeah, you've and... told me, and you can forget it. Just stay away from the Cobbett place, you understand? All right, Marshal. I've done my duty. You better do yours. Goodbye, Hank. Well, I... Goodbye. What are you going to do, Mr. Dillon? Only thing we can do, Chester. Go settle our horses, will you? I got some things to clean up around here. Yes, Mr. Dillon. Plymouth dealers. Tomorrow, go in and meet the new Plymouth, the new kind of low-priced car. And enter the big $25,000 Meet the New Plymouth contest. All you do is look her over, compare, ask questions. There'll be people on hand to explain the new body design, new type suspension, new springing, how they combine to give you a ride that's unbelievably smooth. The first truly balanced ride in the low-priced field. Believe me, you'll be enthusiastic. So just transfer that enthusiasm in 50 words or less to a contest entry blank. Tell what you like most about the new, truly balanced Plymouth for 53. That's all there is to it. And you may win a 53 Plymouth or one of hundreds of cash prizes. But entries must be mailed by Monday midnight. So hurry, get an official entry blank containing all the easy rules tomorrow when you go in to meet the new 53 Plymouth.
Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. Sure looks quiet around here, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, come on. They're probably inside. You think Lyle is here, don't you, sir? I will soon find out, Chester. Hello, Jim. Hello, Jim. Come in. How have you been, Jim? Hank Lou's told you, didn't he, Marshal? Where is she, Jim? Hank Lou said I killed her, didn't he, Marshal? Oh, now, Jim, you know I don't pay any attention to what Hank Lou says. Then why'd you come here, Marshal? To help you. If you're in trouble. Lila isn't here. I'm in trouble, all right. Well, what happened, Jim? Where is she? I don't know. What? Well, Injuns, party of crows, they took her. They, they, they took her. Injuns? My goodness. You mean you were raided here? Maybe ten days ago, a war party, about twelve crows. Well, what happened? Well, Lila was out there with the spring... It was just getting dark, and I was sitting on the floor right there. Men in the saddle I'd torn the stirrup off of when I heard her come running up the path out back. All in sweat and yelling. Yeah! <laughs> what is it? Oh, I saw something out there. Oh, Jim. Jim, I think it was an Indian. Come inside. Get on, get on the floor in the corner there. How many? How many did you see? Oh, Jim. I saw his skin behind that little rise. Oh, Jim, don't let him now, get easy me. Easy now, Lila. Oh. Oh. Well, I, I don't see a thing out of this one, do oh. Look over oh. here. Oh. Nothing. I must have heard you yell. Oh, Jim, what'll we do? Stand him off, that's all. Oh. Wait a minute, there's one. Oh, no. To see. Jim, the other side. They'll sneak up on the other side. Might be one behind that log out there. Oh, no. But we'll just wait. Oh. They'll get bolder in the dark. I can pick them off easy. Oh, Jim. Jim, they'll carry me off like they did that other woman. I can't stand it, Jim. Here. Uh-huh. Take that six year old. Yeah, I will. I will. He won't take you while I'm alive. Oh. I promise you that, Lila. <laughs> Wait a minute, they're down at the corral. Oh, no. They're after our horses. Oh, oh, oh. That'll show them. Oh, oh. Here he goes, there was one behind that log. Oh, Jim, I can't stand it. They're sneaking up on us. Now we'll just wait, let them get in the open. Oh. Wait till a, a little more, then oh, when they oh. jump and run on us, I... Go 
Jim. What happened then? Yeah. What did they do when they rushed you? Well, one of them must have got in the window behind me. When Lila screamed, I was knocked out. And when I come to, the engine was gone. Lila was gone, too. Were you shot, Jim, or what? No. Engine must have got behind me somehow and clubbed me, that's all. Did you try to follow him? How could I, Marshal? They run off. The horses stole them. Yeah, I see. Anyway, I was out a long time. I wasn't a sign of anybody when I come to. Well, they could be in the Rocky Mountains by now. We'd never find them. Uh, I'll report this to Colonel Jenkins of Fort Dodge, and he can spread the word through the Army Post. Thanks, Marshal. I, I'm sorry, Jim. But I guess that's all I can do for you. Sure, Marshal. Uh, come on, Chester. Let's uh, take a look around outside and then get back to Dodge City. Yes, sir. So long, Jim. I sure I am sorry it happened. So long. Jim's pretty broke up, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. That's terrible. And her a squaw now. Yeah. yeah. My, aren't those pretty, Mr. Dillon? What? Hey, that bunch of columbine there, growing right in a row. <laughs> I think I'll just put one in my hat. No, uh, wait a minute, Chester. Huh? I, uh, I, I wouldn't pick them, Chester. They're, they're too pretty to pick, huh? Well, all right, sir. Jim's stock is gone, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Dillon... Jim Cobbett ain't the luckiest man in the world, is he? No, he sure isn't, Chester. Come on, let's get out of here. It was the day after we got back to Dodge City that the trouble started, as I expected it would. Chester spread the story about the Indians kidnapping Lila Cobbett, and it wasn't long before some of the men began to question it. A group of them, headed, of course, by Hank Lewes, came to see me. Marshal, we want to know when you're going to arrest him. Hank, it'd be better if you'd let somebody else do the talking. Your record against Jim Cobbett's pretty strong. Marshal's right, Hank. You always did talk too much anyway. I want justice done, that's all, and I mean to get it. Oh, oh shut up, Hank. Hank. Marshal, Hank sort of talked us into thinking you don't need to do anything about Jim Cobbett. Is that true? Well, what's your idea, Merrick? Well, go out there and arrest him and find Lila's body if you can. You think Jim murdered her, is that it? Looks that way. You sure don't believe his story, do you, Marshal? No. Not all of it. Jim did her in just like his first wife. That's what. It's a sure thing, Marshal. No engines would have stolen the woman and left Jim lying there without scalping him. Engines just being made that way. Merrick, I don't know what happened out there, but I'm going to find out. Then what are you waiting for, Marshal? The doc. The doc? What's he got to do with this? Uh, Miss Prillick, you had a baby this morning. The doc was up all night and he's sleeping today. We're going to ride out to Jim's tomorrow. Well, I don't know what you need the doc for, but we'll wait and ride out with you. You won't ride anywhere, Hank. When I need a posse, I'll ask for it. I don't want a single man of you anywhere near the Cobbett place. Is that clear? All right, right, now get out of here. I got work to do. Mighty lonely-looking place, Matt. 
what Lila Cobbett thought when she first saw it. She must have been mighty fond of Jim to come here at all, seems to me. Yeah. Well, I hope Jim's still there. Isn't that him there? Uh, down by the corral there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got a new horse. Oh, oh. oh. Hello, Jim. What are you doing here, Doc? I had to bring the doc, Jim, to perform a sort of autopsy. Autopsy? On Ms. Cobbett. It's necessary, Jim, or I wouldn't do it. Marshal? Now, don't do it, Jim. You wouldn't have a chance. No. Take his gun, Chester. Yes, sir. All right, Jim, let's you and me go on into the house, huh? I don't imagine you want to watch this. Well, uh, where is it, ma'am? You want to tell him, Jim? Over there, under that row of columbines. Well, I'll... So, that's why you wouldn't let me pick any, Mr. Dillon. I watered the ground a lot to make it hard. It was a good job, Jim. Come on, let's go in the house. Shovel's out back of the corral. I'll get it. Well, all that water and it didn't do any good. In the house, Jim sat with his back to the wall, his hands clasped tightly across his knees. He was so gaunt and leathery that I wondered if he'd bothered to eat anything at all since this had happened. He just sat there as if waiting to be sentenced and not caring very much one way or the other. Finally, Doc and Chester were finished and they came into the house. We put her back, Jim. Right where you had her. Yeah. And it wasn't easy, Matt. Yeah, I know. But what did you find? Well, she was killed by a forty-five, Fired at close range. Bullet entered her head just under... Never her. mind, Doc. Jim's gun here is a forty-five, Mr. Dillon. You want to tell us about it, Jim? You think I killed her, Marshal? Well, it looks that way, Jim. But I still can't believe it. Thank you, Marshal. If you did it, Jim, you're going to hang for it. The crows didn't attack the house, Marshal. They never aimed to. They just dodged around out there, some of them, to cover for the ones that ran the stock off. They didn't want to fight, just to stock. Yeah, it's happened before. Lila screamed and screamed. I guess she went kind of crazy. Then I heard a shot. First I thought she was shooting at the engines. Then I saw her on the floor there. I didn't care after that. They could have come right in there. They could have done anything they wanted. I didn't care. You, uh... You had given her your six-gun, is that it? Yes. The crows didn't bother you after that? They just took the horses and left? I didn't care about them. I buried Lila out there right away. And I sat there on the ground all night. 
Everything had been all right, Marshal, but when Hank Luce came by, I got scared. I didn't want to talk to him, but I knew what he'd say. So, I put water on the grave and tried to hide it, except for the flowers I'd planted. I just couldn't not have planted flowers there. He's telling the truth, Matt. Yeah, Jim isn't lying. No, no, sir, he certainly isn't. Father, there's no reason I know of why Jim should stand trial. What about Hank Lewis, Mr. Dillon? He'll make trouble. Now, the three of us here have heard the story and seen the evidence. Hank's talk doesn't mean a thing. I, I have no cause to arrest Jim. Then I can go, Marshal. Go? Go where? I don't want to live here anymore. It's like the other place up north after my first wife rode off. She just said goodbye and rode off one day. I was ashamed of that, so I never told nobody what happened. And I left the place. I can leave in this one. Well, you got to settle down sometime, Jim. No, no, I don't. I got bad luck both places. I won't settle down no more. We won't stop you, Jim. I think I'll go now, Marshal. I don't want to spend another night here. I'll get my things together. Yeah, uh... We'll wait outside. Come on, Chester. Doc. A half hour later, Jim was packed and ready to go. Silently, he shook hands with each one of us and then mounted and rode off. Yeah, the prairie had dealt hard with Jim Covet, but the man was too tough and dry not to survive somehow. He wouldn't try again to be happy, but he'd live. He'd make his way. We watched him disappear while the sun went and the land cooled and became still and quiet. <laughs> 